Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about cravings. I'll explain what cravings are, why we have them, 
and how our beliefs about alcohol influence our cravings. You'll learn about how cravings contribute to relapse and what you can do to identify and manage your triggers. So let's dig in. Studies have shown that cravings are a predictor of relapse. One 2012 study evaluated craving using the Penn Alcohol Craving Scale at admission to a treatment center and again at discharge. They found that people who scored higher on the craving scale at admission and discharge were much more likely to relapse after leaving treatment. Cravings can come on suddenly, quickly lead to relapse, and then we're left wondering why this always happens. It's hard to fight off cravings, and it can be exhausting. A big part of the reward of drinking is the anticipation. When you're at the bar and you put in your drink order, you immediately feel relaxed and better. And that's real. That's because the anticipation of getting the drink gets your reward system going. So you actually are feeling the effects without having anything yet. The anticipation is a huge part of drinking because it can start hours or even days before the actual drinking. So a craving is a powerful urge to drink alcohol. When we crave alcohol, we also have really intense thoughts about drinking. And part of these thoughts are the anticipation of it. What's drinking going to do for us? We start to picture the relief it's going to provide, and that makes us crave it even more. And once you start planning to drink again, it's very hard to get out of that loop and not drink. So craving is the beginning of the loop that ends in drinking and hating yourself. Alcohol withdrawal also causes cravings because if you're going through withdrawal, it means that your brain has learned to rely on alcohol to function normally. Alcohol slows down brain activity, so the brain stops being able to calm itself down and it relies on alcohol for relaxation. The brain stops releasing as many neurotransmitters that calm down brain activity because alcohol is doing this job very consistently, so the body can rely on alcohol instead of doing its own job. And because alcohol is frequently slowing down the brain, it starts releasing extra neurotransmitters that speed up brain activity. So the brain is always trying to maintain a balance, and because alcohol is slowing it down more than normal, it tries to speed itself back up, which shows up as tolerance, needing more alcohol to feel relaxed. So when someone stops drinking and enters withdrawal, the brain isn't able to calm itself down. Plus, it's now overly excited from all the extra neurotransmitters that speed up brain activity. This makes us feel like we need alcohol and sets off cravings to bring ourselves back into balance. The brain is asking for alcohol because it needs it to feel normal. So the brain is sending you cravings too not just your thoughts and your triggers. With sobriety, though, the brain will learn how to calm itself down and not rely on alcohol to do that, but this isn't immediate. If you go back to drinking, the brain will continue to rely on alcohol and send you signals that you need it to function. This is where neuroplasticity matters a lot. We trained our brain that alcohol is the solution and is essential, but we can also teach the brain that this isn't true. Neither change is immediate, though. Just like you reinforced alcohol being the solution for years, we have to reinforce healthier things. The more you reinforce it, the easier it becomes to repeat the behavior and make the better choice. 
Cravings can be from either external or internal cues. So meaning like being at the bar that you used to get drunk at or around your old drinking buddies or experiencing very powerful negative emotions or certain times or days of the week can set off a craving. When we drink, a huge burst of dopamine is released in the nucleus accumbens. This is a part of the reward center that forms memories about how drinking is good for us Because if it feels that amazing, then it must be good for our survival, right? And then these memories are strengthened by our experiences, like needing alcohol to have a good weekend, celebrate something, go on vacation, or unwind after work. And the memories don't just disappear when we stop drinking. When a memory is queued up, it sets off a craving to drink because we formed powerful associations between drinking and feeling better or drinking and having fun. In the 1890s, Russian psychologist Ivan Pavlov was investigating salvation response in dogs. He used a setup where he had a tube connected to each dog to collect saliva in response to food being put in front of them. He predicted that the dogs would begin to salivate when the food was placed in front of them, but noticed that they would have this response even when his assistants came into the room without food. It was the anticipation of getting food that caused the response. So his famous experiment is he rang a bell and there was no salvation response. So the bell by itself didn't do anything. But then he started ringing the bell every time he gave them food. So he'd ring the bell first and then give the dogs food. After repeating this a few times, he rang the bell by itself without food, and the dogs had the same salvation response. They were conditioned to believe that the bell meant food was coming. This is called a conditioned response because it was a learned behavior. So just like Pavlov's dogs, certain cues have powerful impact on people. We're conditioned to believe that alcohol is required for certain times, like relaxing after work, celebrating the summer, dinner, the weekend, weddings, vacations. And these beliefs cause cravings when the memories are triggered. Studies have found that when alcoholics were exposed to alcohol without drinking it, they began to salivate in anticipation. So that is setting off a craving. A sober person's risk of relapse is influenced by a few factors. Their ability to cope with stressful situations, their belief in themselves, and if they anticipate that alcohol will have a positive effect on their life. So the way that you can improve your ability to cope with stress and your belief in yourself is by working on your emotional sobriety and being proactive. Episode 35 is all about this topic, so make sure to go listen to that if you haven't yet. When we know that we can make it through stress without drinking, then we have more belief in ourselves. And similarly, when we drink every single time we have stress, we lose belief in ourselves and our ability to cope with anything. So if you don't believe that you can do it, you're probably not going to do it. Also, if you believe that alcohol has benefits for you, then you will likely always struggle with cravings and triggers. For me, I associate alcohol with suicidal thoughts, anxiety, and misery. I used to associate it with fun connection and happiness, though. We have to break down our beliefs about alcohol by looking at the data on our drinking. 
Does alcohol actually help you relax? Are you actually more fun when you drink? Does alcohol really make you happy? Don't think about the first two hours. Think about the entire experience of drinking. As you break down these positive beliefs around alcohol, you experience less cravings because you don't associate alcohol with anything good. If you believe alcohol can help you, then of course you're going to crave it because you think it's the solution. And then this also brings in willpower. So now you're using willpower to resist cravings. So the goal is to get rid of as many cravings as we can, not to just fight them off. There have been several studies done on salvation response in problem drinkers versus normal drinkers. And they found that problem drinkers salivated more than normal drinkers when presented with their favorite alcoholic beverage compared to a control non-alcoholic drink. And also, the more severe someone's alcohol use disorder was, the more they salivated in response to alcohol cues. A 1994 study looked at people in treatment and found that people who had a greater salvation response drink more frequently after treatment. So it's like a predictor of drinking. Craving alcohol causes us to anticipate whatever reward we think it's providing and our body begins to respond by salivating. Cravings are a major challenge in sobriety, but there are things that you can do to lessen the severity of your cravings and their frequency. So the first thing that you need to do is identify your triggers. External triggers can be people, places, things, times of day, or being around alcohol. And internal triggers are emotional, like anger, anxiety, grief, depression, or frustration. If you have no clue what your triggers are, then spend a couple weeks keeping a diary. Every time you feel a craving, stop what you're doing and try to identify what set it off. Where are you? Who are you with? How are you feeling? What just happened? Asking yourself all of these questions and reflecting on your experience is also going to benefit your emotional sobriety, which then allows you to be self-aware and regulate your emotions. Emotional sobriety is all about not blowing up when things happen and having huge emotional responses. Instead, it's about pausing and thinking about what's really going on before you decide how to feel about it. And if you practice self-awareness through tracking your cravings, then you're also practicing emotional sobriety. So you're getting double benefit. Once you've identified your triggers, then you can work on avoiding them. So if you get triggered by driving past the liquor store you stopped at every day on your way home from work, then it's time to find a different route home. If certain friends trigger you and set off cravings, then maybe you need to take some space or change the activity that you do with these friends. I think a lot of us expect to stop drinking and just keep everything else the same. But you can't expect to go out with your old drinking buddies and not feel triggered to participate. If you don't feel comfortable being social yet or going out to parties, then don't go. It's not forever, it's just until you feel more secure in your sobriety, so don't force yourself to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. So the rule that I use for myself is if I feel any type of nervousness or dread, then I just don't go. Sometimes we can't skip things, like if someone important to you is getting married, but you can leave early 
or set up strategies to keep your sobriety safe, like having sober friends that you can text. So I have a wedding to attend sometime in the future, and I plan on leaving sometime after dinner and cake and whatever, because the last couple hours of the wedding are just drunk people dancing and getting more drunk. I have no business being there, and that would just not be fun. So there are things that you can do to make social events easier on you. And every time you have a craving and you make it through to the other side, you increase your belief in yourself. And the more we believe in our ability to manage stress and stay sober, the easier it becomes to do it. The first time I ever did a sober weekend, I was so freaked out. I didn't know what I was going to do. I expected that I was going to be bored, sad and stressed the entire weekend. Once I got through it, though, and actually had a little fun, the next time I was sober for a weekend, it was easier. It keeps getting easier and easier until it becomes the new normal. But if every single time you try to do a weekend sober, you end up drinking, you're just resetting yourself and you're never giving yourself the experience of doing it sober. And because you're never getting through it, you don't believe in your ability to do it. You believe that you won't do it, which sets you up for failure in the future. Emotional triggers are much harder to avoid. And the best way to manage them is not by avoiding them. It's by working on and developing your emotional intelligence. When we just drink all the time at every slightly negative feeling or minor stressor, then we never learn how to deal with anything. It's uncomfortable, but it's important to learn how to manage the uncomfortable parts of life so they don't blow up your life every time they appear. Start with self-awareness and asking yourself, what set me off? I believe that developing my emotional sobriety is the key to my happiness. It's really important for you to work on the skill because life is going to be uncomfortable and hard. There's going to be disappointment and frustration and embarrassment. And if you never get through anything because you just drink, then you're holding yourself back from happiness and from feeling calm and peaceful. If you allow yourself to experience the emotion and experience the bad situation, then you get through it to the other side and you can move on. If you drink, you never move on ever. You just keep carrying around all these problems with you and stacking them on top of each other. But if you work on your emotional intelligence... You become able to choose how you feel and deal with things and things aren't as major anymore. So my recommendation for you, if you're struggling with cravings, is work on your emotional intelligence, um, which I think is best to do with a therapist and start a cravings journal. Identify what your triggers are and then you can decide how to avoid them or how to manage them better. So I have some really exciting news. My birthday is coming up on Tuesday, June 15th, and I'm also launching a YouTube channel on that day. The channel is also called Sober Powered, and it's not going to be this content. It's going to be totally different stuff. So make sure that you go subscribe to that. The link is in the show notes. And please watch my first video on Tuesday morning for my birthday. And I'll talk to you guys next week.
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.